You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, and Broken Arrow. Glad to have you on the show today. We've got a full show. Uh, In fact, we're going to do a little bit of a different format. Uh, We've done this once before. We're going to do what I call the book format, uh, where we put our readings and our uh, from from scripture and from church history in this first segment, because then we're going to interview an author in our second and third segment. So we have today Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio. Uh, he's going to come on the show and talk about his new book, 40 Days, 40 Ways, A New Look at Lent. And of course, we're going to be giving away that book, courtesy of Catholic Book and Gift. Uh, they're giving away that book and a CD from the Daughters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles. It's called Lent at Ephesus, and it's a beautiful CD. I've had it for myself for a year, uh, and I really believe it will enhance your Lenten practice. And so we're going to give that away in the fourth segment today, so stick around. Uh, We're going to do this similar to how we gave something away last week. I'm going to put up a trivia question on one of our three social media platforms, or rather two social media platforms and one email address, uh, and you're going to answer, and you can answer that question. The first person who answers the question is going to receive uh, that that package from Catholic Book and Gift, uh, and the places where you can uh, bookmark, get ready for that that question coming up later, uh, you can answer that question at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can answer that question on Twitter. Uh, the handle there is at outside the walls, or you can send me an email. My email address is outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com, and that saint is ST, so it's at stmichaelradio.com. So be looking for that as we get into the fourth segment. Uh, And as you hear about the book in the second and third segment, you're going to see why you want to be ready to answer that question. It's a great book, and I can't wait to give it to you. So let's go ahead and open up the day in prayer. Today's prayer comes again from the the Liturgy of the Hours, from morning prayer. Uh, We're going to do our intercessions and the closing prayer from morning prayer. Our Savior has made us a nation of priests to offer acceptable sacrifice to the Father. Let us call upon him in gratitude. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Christ, eternal priest, you conferred the holy priesthood on your people. Grant that we may offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to the Father. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. In your goodness, pour out on us the fruits of your Spirit, patience, kindness, and gentleness. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we love you and possess you, for you are love, and may every action of our lives praise you. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we seek those things which are beneficial to our brothers without counting the cost, to help them on the way to salvation. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Almighty Father, you have brought us to the light of a new day. Keep us safe the whole day through from every sinful inclination. 
May our thoughts, words, and actions aim at doing what is pleasing in your sight. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Today's readings, uh, we start off in the book of Genesis. This is the readings for Monday. Of course, we air first on Monday mornings uh, at 7 a.m., and then we rebroadcast on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m., but we're going to do the readings for Monday morning. This first reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 4. The man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother Abel. Abel became a keeper of flocks, and Cain a tiller of the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil, while Abel, for his part, brought one of the best firstlings of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not. Cain greatly resented this and was crestfallen. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so resentful and crestfallen? If you do well, you can hold up your head. But if you do not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you, yet you can be his master. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out in the field. And when they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He answered, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord then said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. Therefore, you shall be banned from the soil that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you till the soil, it shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear, since you have now banished me from the soil, and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth. Anyone might kill me at sight. Not so, said the Lord. If anyone kills Cain, Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should kill him at sight. Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted me more offspring in the place of Abel, she said, because Cain slew him. That reading comes from Genesis 4. We continue our responsorial psalms from Psalm 50. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. God the Lord has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun and to its setting. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, For your burnt offerings are before me always. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Why do you recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline, and cast my words behind you? Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You sit speaking against your brother, against your mother's son. You spread rumors. When you do these things, shall I be deaf to it? Or do you think that I am like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Today's reading from the Gospel comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. 
The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. That reading again comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. Since we are quickly approaching Lent, today's reading from church history comes from a letter to the Corinthians by St. Clement I. This is the reading out of the, out of the breviary for, uh, for Ash Wednesday, so it's coming, coming right up. Uh, this is out of the Office of Readings. Let us fix our attention on the blood of Christ and recognize how precious it is to God his Father, since it was shed for our salvation and brought the grace of repentance to all the world. If we review the various ages of history, we will see that in every generation the Lord has offered the opportunity of repentance to any who were willing to turn to him. When Noah preached God's message of repentance, all who listened to him were saved. Jonah told the Ninevites that they were going to be destroyed, but when they repented, their prayers gained God's forgiveness for their sins, and they were saved, even though they were not God's people. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the ministers of God's grace have spoken of repentance. Indeed, the master of the whole universe himself spoke of repentance with an oath. As I live, says the Lord, I do not wish the death of the sinner, but his repentance. He added this evidence of his goodness. House of Israel, repent of your wickedness. Tell the sons of my people, if their sins should reach from earth to heaven, if they are brighter than scarlet and blacker than sackcloth, you need only turn to me with your whole heart and say, Father, and I will listen to you as a holy people. In other words, God wanted all of his beloved ones to have the opportunity to repent, and he confirmed this desire by his own almighty will. That is why we should obey his sovereign and glorious will and prayerfully entreat his mercy and kindness. We should be suppliant before him and turn to his compassion, rejecting empty works and quarreling and jealousy which only lead to death. Brothers, We should be humble in mind, putting aside all arrogance, pride, and foolish anger. Rather, we should act in accordance with the Scriptures. As the Holy Spirit says, The wise man must not glory in his wisdom, nor the strong man in his strength, nor the rich man in his riches. Rather, let him who glories glory in the Lord by seeking him and doing what is right and just. Recall especially what the Lord Jesus said when he taught gentleness and forbearance. Be merciful, he said, so that you may have mercy shown to you. Forgive so that you may be forgiven. As you treat others, so you will be treated. As you give, so you will receive. As you judge, so will you be judged. As you are kind to others, so you will be treated kindly. The measure of your giving will be the measure of your receiving. Let these commandments and precepts strengthen us to live in humble obedience to his words. As scripture asks, Whom shall I look upon with favor except the humble, peaceful man who trembles at my words? Sharing then in the heritage of so many vast and glorious achievements, 
Let us hasten toward the goal of peace, set before us from the beginning. Let us keep our eyes firmly fixed on the Father and Creator of the whole universe, and hold fast to His splendid and transcendent gifts of peace and all His blessings. Today's reading again was from a letter to the Corinthians by St. Clement I, Pope and Martyr. There's something about Scripture and about these documents of the early church that really shine a light on those places that maybe we don't want to see the light of day. Uh, They serve as a mirror for us, just like when you wake up in the morning and you roll out of bed and you shuffle to the bathroom, flip on the light, and you see yourself for the first time. And you say, oh dear, I am not going out in public like this. I need to shower and shave and brush my teeth and get on clothes that are pressed and not, you know, wrinkly. And I just, I need to make myself presentable. Well, so too, the mirror uh, for our spiritual life is the Word of God. Uh, It's the, the words of Scripture, the words of the prophets and of the apostles that we look at and examine our lives according to. And we say, oh, man. I, I am not going out in public like this. And so Lent is that time of the year in the church year where we examine ourselves a little bit more carefully. Uh, we look at the, the fallenness of our nature. We look at those places that are still struggling to be redeemed. And we offer them up to the Lord as a sacrifice. And we say, oh, oh God, I don't want to go out in public like this. I don't want to take out my anger in public or my snarkiness in public or uh, I, I don't want to be judgmental in public. And so this season of Lent gives us the opportunity to examine our own fallenness in the light of Scripture and to trust more fully in the graces of God given to us through the sacraments that will restore us to new life. We'll talk about this a little bit more fully as the show goes on. After this break, Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio is going to be joining us and talking about a couple of his new books. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. This is Father Joe Townsend from St. Benedict's in Broken Air, Oklahoma, and you are listening to Outside the Walls on 102.9 St. Michael Catholic Radio. Thank you, Father Joe, and thank you for tuning in. I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, My name is Timothy Putnam, and I am the host of Outside the Walls. We've got a great show for you today. Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio is on the show to talk about a couple of his books. And in the fourth segment, he's going to be asking a trivia question to give away one of his books and a CD from the Daughters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, called Lent at Ephesus. Great CD. Uh, So what you're going to want to do is bookmark and get ready to answer that question on facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Our Twitter handle is at outside the walls, or you can send me an email that my email address is outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com, stmichaelradio.com. So in the fourth segment, be ready to answer that question for us. But before we get there, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk about Lent and about the Church Fathers and about a a pilgrimage opportunity. So let's welcome together Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio. Timothy, I'm delighted to be with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
Now, you go by the name Dr. Italy as well, right? I do. That's because MarcellinoD'Ambrosio.com doesn't work very well. It's too <laughs> long and hard to spell, you see. So right. it began as a URL, and then it became a Twitter handle and Facebook page handle, and then people started calling me Dr. Italy, so there you have it. Oh, how we get locked into our social media decisions. That's right. <laughs> so DrItaly.com, people can find the Crossroads Initiative there and all of your resources, correct? That is right, and other great resources as well. We, we try to promote the, some of the best things out there for spiritual and, and um, pastoral renewal. Excellent. Well, uh, we've got a couple of your resources that I want to talk about today. In this first segment, I know that you do pilgrimages, and we want to talk about that. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, and in the in the second segment, we're going to talk about your your new Lenten book, 40 Days, 40 Ways, A New Look at Lent. But right now, I'd like to talk to you about uh, a book that you wrote not too long ago called When the Church Was Young, Voices of the Early Fathers. Uh, and of course, that's something that's very important to me and to our listeners here on Outside the Walls is not only being missional and going outside the walls of our churches to, to meet people where they are and where they have need, but also connecting to our history. Uh, of course, the, the historic church, St. Paul, outside the walls in Rome with all the pictures, all the murals of the popes, all the way back to to St. Peter. And so being a, a both-end people, both missional and going out, and yet not losing uh, connection with our history. So give me just a little bit of uh, a vision for when the church was young and, and tell my audience about it. Sure. Well, you know, there's a lot of resources out there on the early church fathers, but most of them are pretty hard, pretty tough going. I mean, uh, hitting St. Augustine uncut, City of God, that's not an easy place to start. And a lot of the surveys are like encyclopedias. You know, they, they try to hit every father of the church. And by the way, there's no exhaustive list, but it's, it, it's uh, pretty much all the writers between 100 and uh, 880. So there's a lot of Christian writers that, that qualify in there. And so um, really, um, a lot of times it's uh, either too surface, too shallow, um, you know, too too deeply theological, so it's hard to understand for the uninitiated. So what I wanted to do is really uh, share the story of, of the fathers through several of the key fathers, about 23, um, actually, and um, you know, and develop enough of their story so we can see the the color of their personality. We can experience the drama of their own struggle. Uh, many of them were martyrs. Others were fighting heretics. Some were were persecuted. You know, uh, all were fighting a pagan world or a, a, a very surfacey Christian world. In fact, a kind of a world a lot like ours today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought this is a book I want to be for everybody. I, I want everybody to have access to our heritage, including. Uh, evangelical Christians, Orthodox Christians, lay people, um, you know, Catholic lay people, but but everybody, to, to really experience the story of the Fathers and enjoy it uh, and be inspired by it and understand that some of the great theological issues of the divinity of Christ, uh, of the liturgy, how the liturgy was celebrated in the second century, and we know that, and so we can bring that out through some of these authors. So the, anyway, the, this is... Um, what I, I wanted to do uh, to inspire um, and to bond people to first to, the, to their heritage individually, but to each other, because as we go back and explore our common heritage, it brings us all closer together. 
Yeah, there's a lot in common. Of course, you know, my listeners know, and you now know, I was a convert. And so I found in coming into the church that it wasn't really a huge conversion. It was more like a tiny little course change of now reappropriating what I knew of the faith into a broader context and into trusting the, the church and the magisterium. And so there really is... Yeah, there really is yeah, a, a lot of commonality. Total sense. I mean, we talk about people coming into full communion with the Catholic Church, uh, just coming into the, the, full, the full inheritance that the, that the Lord has built for you. Mm-hmm. So were there any, any Church Fathers, as you were uh, researching for this book and putting it together, that maybe surprised you a little bit or, or rose to the top as uh, having a great story or someone that you really connected with? Well, there are some people whose stories I already knew well and, and really loved. There are other people whose theology I knew well, um, but not necessarily their personal story. And that, that was the case with St. Basil, his brother, St. Gregory of Nyssa, and Gregory of Nazianzus. And these three are called the Cappadocians. And, um, you know, there's a, a set of brothers in the midst of this, and the other is a dear friend of the family. And it's actually a story of two families. So getting into the family life... Um, including the influence of an elder sister named Macrina uh, on both of, of her brothers who became fathers of the church. That was really inspiring to me, and, and I thought it would be inspiring to just about anybody, especially those who are raising uh, a Christian family out there. Um, to just to know what kind of impact you can possibly have by doing it even halfway right. Uh, that's, that's really uh, pretty exciting. You know, something that my, my father used to say, and he was referring, as a Protestant minister, he was referring to those who are written in Scripture, uh, but he would say, there's no one in the history of the world who's known God any better than you can know Him. And I think maybe that's something that these saint stories pull out to us, is looking at them in their everyday lives and seeing the older sister making such an impact where maybe she wouldn't have thought in her interactions with her brother, she was making a difference. And yet, centuries later, we're still feeling the effects of that. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. Absolutely amazing and encouraging. I love that uh, that line that you, that you just shared. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we can't have the same relationship with the Lord as these people, uh, the early church fathers. And, you know, we can never play the same role they played because they helped to bring Christianity really out of its diapers into, in a certain way, adulthood in terms of liturgy, in terms of uh, doctrine. But but we have a we have a part to play right now in the carrying forward of God's mission in the world, and He certainly can use us like He used them. Yeah. Well, let's talk just a little bit. Uh, we've talked about reading and learning about the people who shaped uh, our faith. But you're taking a trip uh, over Easter to the Holy Land. So let's talk a little bit about the places that have shaped our faith. Tell us a little bit about this trip. Yeah, I have to say, uh, first of all, that my very first pilgrimage was a life changer, and it was to Rome. And I recommend that all Catholics try to get to Rome at some time in their their life, because it, it really is the center now um, of the of the Church Catholic, you know, it bonds you, I think, to the Church and its heritage in a special way. Um, it's a city of saints, there's so many saints buried in, in, in Rome, and so many saints' tombs to visit. But uh, the Holy Land trumps it, for sure. I mean, I went to the Holy Land later in my life, and I've, I, I continue to go. I brought about 15 groups, over 500 people there, uh, over the course of the years, 
And there's no place like it because it's the place where it's ground zero in the history of salvation. It's it's where um, the, the word of God first came to the, the, the prophets um, and to to Moses, you know, and, and, and to the people of Israel. But then, of course, this, our salvation was won by the Lord uh, who died for us after three years of public ministry. Um, you know, we, we think about, we go to all the places associated with his life. We go to Bethlehem. Um, which is awesome. And, you know, interestingly enough, it's always Christmas in Bethlehem. So we celebrate the Mass and the Nativity when we go there. We go out in the shepherd's fields and we sing Gloria and Excelsis Deo with the angels, you know. Um, but we also visit the place of his public ministry. We go up to the top of Mount Tabor and pray there. We sail the Sea of Galilee and read the passages of the calming of the sea and the walking on the water as we sail across the sea. Um, it's, it's amazing. The northern part of the Sea of Galilee looks so much like it did in, in the day of Jesus. It's not built up. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. So we, we, we do all that, and then the way of the cross through Jerusalem, through the streets of Jerusalem, is amazing. We're proclaiming the cross of Christ to the many who are shopping in the shops. Um, we, 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 we finish our way of the cross right at the Holy Sepulchre and venerate the place where he died, venerate his tomb. It, it is a really a life-changing experience. I think you never read the Gospels the same way again. Uh, the trip never ends because every time you pray, the images from the trip keep coming back. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be leaving April 15th. So tax day for us is the beginning of an adventure, pilgrimage day. Uh, during Easter season, we'll be uh, singing Hosanna and Alleluia over there in all those great places. So we, we invite people to come with us. If you're hearing this and you'd like to come, we still have a few places available. You can come to DrItaly.com, uh, download information. Um, and begin to respond and interact with us so that we can get you on that that magnificent trip. How great. You know, it seems like sometimes as we're reading the Scripture, we can relegate it in our mind to the place, even though we believe it and, and we're firmly convinced that it's true, there's some almost mythical quality about it, like once upon a time, far, far away. And there's something about setting foot in that place to really bring it alive to you and say, no, this is a real place, and these were real people and real events that transpired for our salvation. Absolutely. That's exactly what one of the pilgrims said. I can't believe it. I mean, I know this sounds strange, but wow, these are real places. I mean, I can't believe how they're real, I, you know, because he, he had that kind of mythic idea in his mind almost, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it is amazing. And the people of the land, many, particularly the Arab Christians, whose families have been there for generations upon generations, they still have the customs we read about in the New Testament when it mm -hmm. comes to marriage, when it comes to hospitality. They bond us in a special way to the Scriptures. And I always have an, uh, a local um, Arab uh, Christian who, whose family has you know, been in the land for centuries who, who accompanies us and, and provides that kind of perspective, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, Dr. Italy, we thank you for being with us in this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about your new book, 40 Days and 40 Ways, A New Way to Look at Lent. And my, uh, you can listen, you can find more of his information available at DrItaly.com, information about the pilgrimage, some of his other blogs and writings. And I, I strongly encourage you to go and take a look at those. So when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.
fun? You're listening to Outside the Walls with our daddy on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM. Thank you, kids, and welcome back to Outside the Walls. Uh, we're speaking today with Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, otherwise known as Dr. Italy. You can find him online. Of course, he he is a social media junkie like myself, so you can find him on Facebook and Twitter as well. And his his handle is uh, conveniently Dr. Italy, so it ought to be easy to find. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came up with with that moniker. I mean, with a name like Marcellino, that seems a little bit out of character. <laughs> Well, uh, as uh, Marcelino D'Ambrosio, when people look at it, they they, they, they have a moment of fear. You know, they, they don't know how to say it. They, so, you know, the Dr. Italy thing just came up because, you know, hey, this guy's Italian. Uh, he's a doctor of theology. Um, so they can remember Dr. Italy. And it makes life a lot easier for, for, for some MCs and radio hosts. So anyway, that's kind of how that, the moniker came about. And um my name goes back to the fact that Marcellino is, is actually from the Roman canon. St. Marcellinus or Marcellinus mm-hmm. is in um, the second part of that Eucharistic prayer one. And uh, he's actually, um, his relics are in the town my family comes from in Italy. So whenever you have a big family with lots of sons, someone's named Marcellino. Excellent. Now, for my listeners, uh, Dr. Italy is coming to our diocesan uh, college conference, college student conference, uh, here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll have you nearby in just uh, middle of March, I think. Uh, so if for more information about that, you can go to our website, uh, stmichaelradio.com. Uh, you can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash step outside the walls or on Twitter. Our handle is at outside the walls. I think there's still room for enrollment. And then if you have, uh, if you have junior high students, we've got our junior high Catholic youth conference coming up and two of your kiddos are going to be, uh, helping with the music, I believe. Oh, Awesome. I don't know if you knew that. I can't keep track of those guys. They're heading out to Huntsville, Alabama to do um, a retreat this week. And so it's great great to hear they're coming up there to help out with you guys. So we're looking forward to it. But there's a a broader connection to the Diocese of Tulsa than than you even may have been aware. Well, uh, we are just days away because, of course, we're airing this show first on Monday morning, days away from... uh, the beginning of Lent. So tomorrow we're going to pack in all the pancakes we can find. And we're, we're all got our list prepared of the things we're going to give up for Lent. So out goes the chocolate. And uh, of course, except for Sundays, right? So out goes the chocolate and maybe we're going to wake up five minutes earlier uh, so that we're not quite as grumpy on the road, less road rage, right? We're going to find all of these, these penitential things to do. uh, And I've noticed that penitential uh, offerings during Lent are good if you know why you're doing them. And some people think that the reason that you you suffer through this is just because it's it's what you do and your mom made you when you were young. Uh, and so the Lenten practice becomes less about spiritual growth and more about uh, almost this Pelagian sense of I can do it, I can make my way through it and muscle through the difficulty and then we get to Easter and, and we don't really have this joyful Easter celebration because we never really fully entered into Lent. And that's something that you've addressed in your new book, 40 Days and 40 Ways, and you look at Lent. So why don't you take us through the process uh, of writing this book? 
what the what the book is for, and and maybe even giving us a few words of wisdom as we approach uh, Ash Wednesday and the forty days of Lent. Sure. Well, I think uh, there's always there's always a problem that we go through the seasons of the year. We go through the liturgy on Sunday, Holy Day of Obligation, you know, and we fulfill the obligations. We punch the time clock, you know. Uh, we we kind of pay our dues. That's kind of the way I thought. Um, Catholic life was about, you, you know, you just kind of march through, pay your dues, hope to, you know, make it to heaven after like you stay of purgatory. And, you know, uh, that's really not the vision. The vision is that we're called to be saints. And our life is supposed to be on, on this earth, a dynamic journey of growing, of developing. That's really what Lent's about. Um, you know, I think we need to recover the original meaning of Lent. And I think to, to look at the name of the season helps a little bit. It gives us some clues as to what should be happening, what it really means. The English word for the season, Lent, comes from length, lengthening days in the springtime in the Northern Hemisphere. And um, that, that, you know, obviously it's a natural season, but the natural seasons tell us some things about what's you know, the spiritual life as well. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a time where darkness is receding, where the light is increasing in our lives. We're shining the, the light of Christ more deeply into our hearts. That's one thing that means. Um, but the day, the, 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 the um, meaning of, of Lent also can be looked at in terms of the name for the season in Latin, in Italian, in Spanish. And it has nothing to do with length. It's 40. The 40 days is literally the, the, the word uh, Lent is the 40 days in all those languages. And so, you know, 40 days, what is that? Why do we have 40 days instead of like three? You know, if I were going to choose a time of fasting, I think I'd th- choose three days <laughs> or maybe seven, you know. But um, we have 40. Well, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Well, I know. But why did he fast 40 days? Well, because, um, you know, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah's Ark. Yeah, but why Why was it 40? There's a lot of 40s. What's the symbolic significance of the number? Well, it's the 40 weeks of pregnancy, of, 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 of a baby being formed inside of a womb, uh, which is not necessarily comfortable for the mother, not necessarily the most fun time, but man, the payoff when that baby is born is incredible. Well, this is a time that Holy Mother Church is laboring to bring forth people at Easter and the baptismal fund, and in the early church... There was an awesome sense of the, of a community. You know, everybody's laboring together who's been baptized, praying and fasting together with these people who are praying and fasting and being formed uh, to, for that wonderful day when they finally receive the sacraments. But, you know, everybody who is praying and fasting for those folks is saying, hey, you know what, Wait, I need some more formation myself. I need to drive out some darkness that's kind of crept in. Uh, clean off that baptismal garment. I need to, you know, build some some virtue, some spiritual muscle, and and so you know, this is a time when when the church is growing, but each one of us is supposed to be growing and developing. So everything that we do, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, they're spiritual exercises to build spiritual muscle. That's what the virtues are, and to cut off some fat that may have deposited itself around a spiritual fat. And you know, that's so that's really what these. These things are, and there's a million different ways to do prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And the reason I wrote the book is because I want to give people some creative ideas so that they don't keep just doing the same old thing, uh, which they only do during Lent, and then forget about for the rest of the year. Uh, what we really ought to be doing is establishing new habits, making progress. It's really like, you know, it's a 40-day challenge just like they have in the gym, the 90-day challenges, you know, where you take a picture before, now you've got to be transformed after. It's a whole different picture. You know, you've lost weight, you're trim, you're toned, you're younger looking, you're feeling better. 
Well, that's the way we're supposed to be at the end of Lent. Spiritually, we're supposed to be transformed. And, and we're supposed to hold our ground during the Easter season. We're supposed to celebrate for 50 days, not one. And so there's suggestions in the book on how to make Easter season more of a season of celebration and rejoicing. Um, but um, the idea is next year you can pick this book up, and there'll be plenty more to, to, to um, plenty more ground to, 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 to gain. You know, the, out of the 40 suggestions, you only can really do one, two, or three a year if you're going to do them really consistently day by day. So this, this book is meant to be a resource for the rest of your life. So to put you on the spot a little bit, uh, you're about to approach Lent with the rest of us. So what does your Lenten practice look like this year? Well, there's some, there's some traditional fasting things that I do, which is I'm an Italian who likes who has a, a glass of red wine with dinner. Well, that's going to stop except for Sundays and feast days in Lent. So that's one of the ways that it's penitential for me. Um, but And I'm also going to be traveling a lot. I, I actually fast for my family. I'm, I'm gone five days a week doing Lenten missions. Um, those, that's kind of normal. What's One new thing that's for me is... Um, I've had many great spiritual friends over the years, but I used to have a very consistent spiritual direction, and I've, I kind of um, allowed that to lapse. And so I'm actually uh, made an appointment today to meet with a, a potential spiritual director and begin consistent spiritual direction, and um, to resume a practice that, that has fallen out, kind of fell out when I started having a bunch of kids, and that is um, quiet listening prayer as well as uh, you know, more active prayer uh, on a daily basis, where I actually write down what I believe God's saying to me in a journal, mm-hmm. and on a weekly basis at least go over that journal so I can not forget what God is saying and resolutions I'm making and insights He's giving me. So uh, journaling and uh, spiritual direction are brand new, you know, are things that I'm beginning this Lent um, to deepen my journey. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Italy, for being a part of our show. You can find his book, 40 Days, 40 Ways, A New Look at Lent, at dritaly.com. You can also find more information about When the Church Was Young, that first book that we talked about, and the the pilgrimage to the Holy Land during Easter. Now, there's uh, just limited space on that, so you're going to want to look at that fairly quickly. You can find it at dritaly.com. Well, we're almost out of time, but Dr. D'Ambrosio, is there anything else that you would like to just leave us with, some parting thoughts? Can I just throw in, just, just so people know, the, the two books, 40 Days, 40 Ways, and When the Church Was Young, are both available on Kindle, it's for people who like to read that way. They're also available as audiobooks on CDs, which you can get from my website or from Amazon, local Catholic bookstore, but also audible.com, which, where you can actually listen to these books on your phone. So anyway, there's a lot of different ways to access the material if they like. Dr. D'Ambrosia, thank you so much for being on the show today. He's going to stick around just a little bit longer to help us give away his book, 40 Days, 40 Ways, A New Look at Lent, and a CD from the Daughters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, called Lent at Ephesus. So you're going to want to stick around through this break, and we're going to give that away first thing when we come back. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. (laughs) You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM. So glad that you've joined us today. Of course, we still have to give something away. A Catholic book and gift has made available to us a copy of 
of Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio's book, 40 Days and 40 Ways, along with a CD from Mary Queen of the Apostles, uh, Daughters of Mary Queen of the Apostles, called Lent at Ephesus. That's a great CD. And to help us give it away today, uh, Dr. Italy has stuck around through the break, and he's going to ask our trivia question. So go ahead and get your social media areas bookmarked. Remember, you can answer the question. The first person to answer it is going to get that package. Uh, You can answer the question at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can answer the question on Twitter. The handle is at outside the walls, or you can just email me uh, at my email address is outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. So Dr. Italy, why don't you uh, give us the question by which we shall give away your book? Okay. When Constantine, the first Christian emperor, became emperor, he issued a proclamation that bestowed religious liberty and ended the great persecution of Christians. What was the name of the proclamation, and what year was it issued in? All right. What was the name of that proclamation, and what year was it issued in? So right now, I expect that my social media platforms are blowing up with answers, and I'm going to have to go down to a photo finish to see who answered that first. Some of you are furiously typing away in Google. What year was the proclamation? Okay, so what, what you're going to want to do is go to facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Uh, on Twitter, our handle is at outside the walls, or you can email me at my address, outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. So we've got just a little bit of time left today. And of course, we're talking about Lent and Lenten practices. And so generally, it's a good practice to give something up for Lent, something that maybe isn't necessarily bad, but doesn't necessarily help us grow closer to Christ either. So what are you giving up for Lent this year? Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe it's your binge watching of Netflix. Uh, maybe it's something a little bit more substantial. I'm in the, the Deacon Formation program here in the Diocese of Tulsa, and they've got us on a pretty serious Lenten fast. Uh, but not only do we give something up for Lent, we should be picking up other practices as well, making an extra daily Mass each week, or beginning to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, or read the Scripture readings of the day every day. These are things that we can pick up that not only do we uh, work to trim the fat in our lives, but we also work to build spiritual muscle. Uh, We also work to to be stronger in our faith. And so I want you to go onto social media, and I want you to put the hashtag, lay it down, pick it up. Hashtag, lay it down, pick it up. And I want to know what thing you are laying down for Lent, and what practice you are picking up for Lent. So why don't you uh, start the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, uh, email doesn't really help a lot with that. So let's start the conversation on social media uh, and share with one another and encourage one another as we grow closer to Christ and closer to Easter celebration this Lenten season. Of course, there are a couple of events coming up that I want you to know about. Last week, we talked about the uh, the programs in the diocese that are for marriage enrichment. We talked about Retrovi, which they just had their weekend this last weekend. Uh, we talked uh, about the, uh, the pre-cana program, about the marriage uh, programs that we have. But we also have a program that I just mentioned in passing last week called Let's Talk. And generally, it's a six-week class, and so there's a little bit of an investment of time in it. 
But in a couple of weeks, they've shortened it down. Well, shortened it down. They, they put it on one day. It's still a very, very long day, but it's a, it's a retreat. Think of it like a retreat. So on the 28th, Saturday, February 28th at St. Pius, uh, they're going to have this marriage retreat. It's something that the Diocese of Tulsa sponsors uh, called Let's Talk. And it's going to be, uh, the cost is $25. That covers your course materials and a box lunch. They, we're not making any money off of this. Uh, but it's a perfect Valentine's Day, post-Valentine's Day gift. You get to spend nine hours of uninterrupted time with your spouse, strengthening your marriage. Uh, and in this uh, in this seminar, in this retreat, you're going to learn a little bit more about empathy, listening, about sacrifice for your spouse, about identifying hidden issues that maybe cause problems in the marriage, uh, about how intimacy and sexuality all together, all of those things work to enhance your relationship. And so you can register at Let's Talk, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K, at gmail.com. Let's talk at gmail.com. And we would love to have you be a part of that. I wasn't aware that we had one coming up so quickly. Uh, and so maybe this is like a little, maybe, maybe you didn't get the right Valentine's Day gift, right? You know who you are. This would be a way to, uh, to make up for that, right? So go to letstalk at gmail.com and register for this wonderful all-day seminar, Saturday, February 28th. Then the other thing that I wanted to let you know about is Catholic Advocacy Day. Now that's coming up uh, later in, uh, in March 24th at the Oklahoma State Capitol. But there is an event on February 24th at Church of the Madeline to give you more information about Catholic Advocacy Day. Before you drive all the way out to Oklahoma City, you want to know what you're getting into. And so February 24th at Church of the Madeline at 1 p.m., there's going to be a little workshop uh, presented by Richard Kling, the Director of Advocacy and Legal Services for Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. And of course, Catholic Advocacy Day is something that's co-sponsored by Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City and by our own Catholic Charities here in the Diocese of Tulsa. So I want you to mark your calendar for that, uh, both for the February 24th event at 1 p.m., and for Tuesday, March 24th at the Oklahoma State Capitol. That's going to be starting early in the morning and going through uh, the early mid-afternoon. So uh, those are the things that are coming up, and that's all the time we have for today. So tune back in uh, next week on Monday at 7 a.m., Wednesday at 5 p.m., and Thursday at 7 p.m., right here uh, for another week of Outside the Walls. We'll be giving away a couple more tickets to the Matthew Kelly event next week, so be sure to tune in. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.